1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts.
2: expectations what does it all mean what do we all think going into a season it's easy to forget what we think going into a season because then it gets muddied by what actually happens today on Rico Bronia we talk about the expectations for 2023 but also the expectations the Mets have faced over the last 30 plus years we know what the results were we know what ended up happening that year but what the hell were we thinking Going into each season. We'll focus on that today. Our big rewatch will occur Sunday night into Monday of the Super Bowl. It is game seven of the 1986 World Series. We have supplied the link uh, of where you can watch that game. It's on YouTube. I've tweeted it out. We've put it in the profile here when you download Rico Bronia so you can watch that game. And we are going to break that bitch down in painstaking detail on the very first ever Rico Bronya Rewatch, and I must say, thank you. Thank you to the audience for voting upon a win because the more I thought about it, the more I realized, did I really, did you really want to sit down for two and a half hours of our life, three hours of our life, like it's pathetic enough that we're watching an old game? That's already mockable. Trust me, I've already been mocked. But to sit down and watch a painful loss Like, what the hell's wrong with us? What are we, masochists? So luckily, we picked a game that ends with a championship. Game 7 of the 1986 World Series. Unfortunately, one of the most disrespected games in Met history. Because what we learn... Me, I'm 39. What we learn if we're under 42 about 86 is we learn about Game 6 of the NLCS and we learn about Game 6 of the World Series. Game 7 has been forgotten about, but not anymore. Not after we're done with the very first rewatch of Rico Bronia. All right, let's get to expectations. So this season, and it's easy to think this as we enter spring training just about a week or so away, to know that the expectations for this Met team – they're incredibly high, and rightfully so. They're coming off a year in which they won 101 games. They're coming in off off an off season in which, even though maybe there are some who don't think the Mets improved themselves enough, they have gone out and spent a lot of money. They go add Justin Verland to replace Jacob DeGrom. Kodai Senga to replace Chris Bassett. Jose Quintana to replace Taiwan Walker. Running it back with Brandon Nemo. Improvements in the bullpen, including David Robertson and Brooks Raleigh obviously we could argue from a paper standpoint how much better this team has gotten, but here's the truth. They won 101 games last year and they won 101 games in a division that was very good with the old unbalanced schedule, which disappears this year. So you could argue with six less games against Atlanta, maybe not the six less against Philadelphia because the Mets did such a good job of beating up the Phillies. But when you're facing Everybody in Major League Baseball, as opposed to those extra games against a really good Atlanta team. Now, you are taking away some games against a really bad Washington team, that the wins should come at a higher pace this season. But 101's a big number. Let's face it, it's the second highest win total in the history of the franchise. But between what they did last year, between the money that's spent, the expectations coming into 2023 are as high as ever in fact they're the highest they've been in 30 plus years at least if you base it on the over under when it comes to wins which we talk a lot about over the last 30 plus years because that's the best indicator of trying to figure out what the expectations were for a season 15 years ago other than our own memories of what we personally expected the best documentation you can find to really look at what the expectations were for a Met team going into a season is to look at the over under. So, this season, and look, you can go to FanDuel, you can go to DraftKings, you can go to various sports books. In general, the number that we're seeing for the over under for the New York Mets is 95.5. 95. And a half. 95 and a half. In the last 30 years, going all the way back to 1990, because that's the latest I could find data on over unders and betting odds. Couldn't find anything in the 80s and the 70s. So it's really just the sample size of the last 30-plus years. This is the highest over-under the Mets have ever had. Now, we've had seasons, as we'll go through, in which expectations have been high, and certainly we remember a few of them in terms of what they did in the offseason. But when you look at the over-under coming into this season, it's not only the biggest over-under the Mets have ever had. It's kind of significant. Like, in the last 30-plus years, if I ask you to guess right now, how many times have the Mets gone into a season with an over-under above 90? It's not that big of a number. And it certainly hasn't happened a lot in the last 15 years. So, the expectations to win... I mean, that's the bottom line. Like We'll start with the minimum expectation. The minimum expectation is they got to be a playoff team, especially with the format that we have now. If the Mets are not playing October baseball and they aren't in the postseason for the second straight time, which would be the third time in their history they've even made the postseason in back-to-back years, we're all throwing a hissy fit. We're doing angry Ricos all winter long. The minimum expectation is to make the postseason obviously it's how you get there as we learned last year the Mets won 101 games I think we all would have been thrilled with 101 but when you lose the division the way they did and you collapse against the Braves the way you did we don't view the 101 that maybe we the way we would view 97 this year if it means winning the division division by seven and a half games but this year, this team comes in with 95 and a half wins expectations. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go all the way back to 1990. Now, these years, the first few years we're going to go through, are right before I really remembered what the hell was going on. In 1990, my dad would take me and my sister to games, but I don't remember much. I remember slightly cheering for Daryl Strawberry and screaming, Daryl, at the top of my lungs, but I don't remember much. The Mets in 1990 was really the last year of their success, the late 80s success. They won 91 games, but their over-under was 88. So it's fair to say they kind of met their expectations, but the reason they didn't make the playoffs is that the Pittsburgh Pirates won 95 games. They won the National League East, the first of a couple of division titles they won in a row. They won 90, 91, 92. So they won three division titles in a row. And I do remember the latter part of that Pirate run and hating them and hating Doug Drabeck and hating John Smiley, and Barry Bonds, and Andy Van Slyke, and Don Slott, and all those schmucks. But in the first year of 1990, the reason the Mets didn't win the division, besides really not playing well in September, playing very mediocre baseball, the final month of the season, they had a stretch in 1990 in which they won 18 out of 20. And they were actually in first place in early, early September. But the Pirates exceeded expectations. They won 95 games in a year in which their over under was only 78. So 1990, you look at it and say, okay, they met expectations. It was supposed to be a high 80s, low 90s win team. They won 91 games. But in that day and age, you don't win the division,
1: you're not going to go to the postseason. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
2: would have been enough to win the division in 2015 <laughs> and subsequently go to the World Series. In 1990, it was a little bit different. 1991, that was the year we lost Darryl Strawberry. Right? So Straw goes to free agency. Cashin doesn't want to pay him. The Mets decide, oh, let's let's see. How do we replace Darryl Strawberry? Oh, I got an idea. Let's sign Vince Coleman. So they signed Vince Coleman, The Mets go into the season with the same win total expectation as a year earlier. How about that? That's kind of weird to me. Like, you lose your best player. You replace him with a guy who, sure, he stole a lot of bases back in the day with St. Louis, but was never a great player. was not an impact player the way Darrell was. And you're over-under going into the years the exact same number of 88? Well, they didn't win 88. That year, that's when the Mets' collapse really began. They won 77 games that season. And they went into the year with the highest over-under of any NLEs team. So the expectation going into 1991 was that they'd be right there to win the National League East. They did not. And yet again, the Pittsburgh Pirates won a lot of games. They won 98 games that year, won their second straight divisional title, and again, over-exceeded their expectations. The Pirates over-under coming into the year. Higher than the previous year, but still not that many. It was only 85. So 1991, high expectations. The Mets are underachieved. Now, now we get to my wheelhouse of really starting to understand baseball. At eight years old, turning into nine, I always say 1992 is that first year where I started to get it. The first year where I'm getting the scorecards, I'm filling it out. My dad's teaching me baseball. And how lucky am I that the first year of understanding baseball is the is the 1992 Mets? I mean, geez, you talk about being hit with the stick of crappiness. Don't get any crappier than that. It's the opposite of Yankee fans who started understanding baseball in 1996. Oh, yeah, my first year of getting baseball was 1998. I saw the Yankees win 114 games. My first year was 1992. And I do recall that the Mets went into that season with high expectations because of the offseason. They stole Bobby Bonilla from the Pittsburgh Pirates, the team that had won the two previous divisions. They had gone out and signed Eddie Murray, who has had a great career up to that point, even though he was in his mid-30s. More recently had been with the Dodgers, but obviously before that was an Oriole. So the Mets go out and they add Bobby Bo and Eddie Murray. And their expectation, the exact same expectation as a year earlier, an over-under of 88.5. That number of 88.5, believe it or not, the highest in Major League Baseball. So the Mets went into 1992 off a spending spree as a team that was a legitimate championship contender. Highest over-under in all of Major League Baseball. And I do remember that. I remember that feeling going into the season of, we got Bonilla, we got Murray. This is going to be a really good year. My dad's telling me stories about 86. This is going to be our 86. And what a schmuck I was. What a lesson into crappy sports. The Mets were bad that year. They went 72 and 90. (laughs) And yes, the Pittsburgh Pirates won the NL East again. And again, Didn't have huge expectations. Their over-under again was 85. They went out and won 96 games. So you're starting to notice a pattern between 91 and 92, and that's the Mets have high expectations. People believe they're going to be good, and it doesn't work out. Now we get to 1993. 1993. We know about this team all these years later, 30 years later, as the worst team money could buy. But they went in to 1993 with an over-under of 84. A little bit down from previous years, but still not bad. It was the second highest in the National League East. Only the Cardinals had a higher over-under. So the expectation, again, was they're going to be in this thing. And I have a very vivid memory from opening day 1993. WF fan had the Mets at the time, and they did a pregame show, and they had like a roundtable discussion. And I'll never forget Gary Cohen saying in front of the crowd, The Mets have as good a chance to win this division as anybody else. That was the bar he set. And the crowd cheered like, yeah, damn right, Gary, you tell them. Well, that team went out and won 59 games and was simply one of the worst teams we've ever seen. So of all the years of expectations, over under 84, 59 wins, that's a minus 25. The Phillies won the division that year. They came out of nowhere sort of.